Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes, where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripe Show is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So this week, I am going to be doing a tribute on Miller Huggins, the uh, former manager of the New York Yankees way back. Um, he first started with the New York Yankees back in 1918. Um, his full name is Miller James Huggins. He was uh, the first Yankees manager to ever lead the team to a um, to an American League pennant and a World Series victory as well. He helped the Yankees win three World Series, out of, and out of, that was out of six World Series that they went to. 1918 was his first year as manager of the Yankees, and he finished up in 1929. Um, anyways, getting a little bit more into it, his nickname was Mighty Might because of his size. He was only five foot six, 140 pounds. Um, yeah, so he was just a short guy. I guess he even used to. Um, he just he actually used to smoke a one of those short stemmed pipes that they had back back in the day, back in the 1920s and 19 teens. Um, he was also a professional baseball player, which I didn't realize. Um, he played back in like the, he played for the Cincinnati Reds, which was his hometown team, but he also played for the St. Louis Cardinals where he became a player manager and, um, uh, uh, the last year that he was with the Cardinals, um, he had just been a manager. So, um, but he really didn't do all that well as a manager back then with the Cardinals, kind of like, uh, kind of reminiscent of Joe Torre before he came to the Yankees. Um, of course, Joe Torre being the manager that he was fired from three different teams, I think it was the Cardinals, the Mets, and um, and the Braves as well. Um, but uh, so there's a little bit of a um, some similarities there with uh, Torrey and Miller Huggins. Um, also, uh, a couple other nicknames that Miller Huggins had, um, as well as Mighty Might, uh, was um, Hug for short, short for Huggins, and um, also he was also called the Unhappy Little Man because he was just very serious and. I guess he was a very strategic manager, and he was just um, he was just always thinking. I guess, um, but anyways, uh, he was actually hired by, of course, uh, Colonel Jacob Rupert, who was the owner back um, around 1918. Um, of course, there was another owner, Colonel Houston, who I guess was not a big fan of um, Miller Huggins at first. Um, he eventually went along with it, and, and uh, they hired uh, Miller Huggins. Rupert's the guy that wanted uh, Miller Huggins first. Um, and of course, eventually Jacob Rupert ends up buying out uh, Colonel Houston's ownership of the team because I don't think he was quite as interested in being an owner as Colonel Jacob Rupert was. So, anyways, uh, Miller Huggins was a player manager with the Cardinals, and his last season, 1917, with the Cardinals, he was a, just a manager, and then ends up getting hired in 1918. This is his first year with the Yankees. Um, the Yankees really they weren't that great from 1918 to 1920, but uh, I mean, of course, before 1920, the Yankees hadn't gotten Babe Ruth yet. When that happened, everything pretty much changed. Um, 1920 and 21, the Yankees just became a powerhouse. And, I mean, not only did they get Babe Ruth, but they also got a lot of other key players from the Red Sox. Also, Colonel Jacob Rupert, he was he actually called uh, Miller Huggins the most important step to making the Yankees champions. And Miller Huggins knew how to run a, a baseball team. He, so he wanted somebody who... Who was a veteran and knew what he was doing, and he knew Miller Huggins could could get them get them over the hump and, and uh, to winning a championship. Um, uh, like I said, Miller Huggins he was a player for the Cincinnati Reds from 1904 to 1916. 
Um, of course, uh, toward the end with the Cardinals, like I mentioned, um, he played second base uh, for the Reds and the Cardinals. Um, he also had a law degree from the University of Cincinnati. Um, um, it, I guess his teacher was actually a former president, or I guess at the time it was future president, William Howard Taft. Um, and so I just found that interesting. Uh, Miller Huggins, um, he kept players accountable, which is obviously one of the things that Colonel Jacob Rupert liked about Miller Huggins. So one of the things about Miller Huggins, expected his players to be there by 10 o'clock, not to practice, but just to sign in. Because, um, you know, he wanted his players there um, early for the games and to, you know, take the, take the game seriously. Um, and But also, I guess the, the, the true reason behind it was actually because it was designed to reduce players going out late um, and just partying and all that stuff. So um, that's kind of where that came from, and I'm sure that was a big part of why Colonel Jacob Rupert liked him so much. Another thing about Miller Huggins, um, he also, I guess, another th um, something he didn't like, obviously most managers back in those days, they didn't like players who were just like the bat flips nowadays. That's something that uh, Miller Huggins um, and probably obviously a lot of other uh, managers or players back then would not have liked at all. And that's something he didn't like was he didn't like players being um, flamboyant or just just doing things that just weren't part of what, what they thought the game should be about. So Miller Huggins was just a very traditional manager. And uh, also he, another thing about Miller Huggins, he, he didn't like a lot of razzing uh, on the other team. Um, he didn't really, obviously, I'm sure he didn't want to give the other team a, a reason to, you know, give them motivation so, so they can beat him. And also, Miller Huggins also wanted players in the dugout always to be aware of the game, no matter what. Like, he wanted them, I mean, he wanted his players always to be aware of the pitch count, the score, you know, what was going on, what the pitcher was throwing, and just everything. Um, he was, I guess, very meticulous, too, which is actually a former Yankee, uh, Mark Koenig, shortstop I think he played for the Yankees around 1926 to 19 probably the early 1930s or so he was a part of the murderers row Yankees which I talked about last week in last week's episode um but anyways Mark Connick called him a good manager he said that he he always seemed like a nervous little guy because he was always moving his feet and he, I guess he was just a really good strategist and those are that was kind of uh, what Connick uh, thought about him. Also, Colonel Jacob Rupert, um, he actually, another compliment that Colonel Jacob Rupert gave to uh, Miller Huggins was that he said that Huggins was one of the smartest men in baseball. Um, and um, so obviously, you know, Miller Huggins, like I said, he has a, had a law degree. Um, so, I mean, you know, of course, he was a really smart guy, but he was also a very baseball smart guy. Um, he also invested, I guess, in the stock, stock market as well. And I guess he would actually even help some of his players and give them advice and stuff like that. Uh, but I just found that interesting as well. Uh, another thing about Miller Huggins was that he was very direct with his players. Kind of like I mentioned before about how he wanted all his players to be on time so that they could sign in before the games, which is kind of interesting that he would want them to sign in. But um, regardless, it's, it's a good approach because you want your... Um, if you're if you're a professional base if you have a professional baseball team and you're you're a manager, you need to be direct with your players. So, so anyways, he uh, uh, Miller Huggins ended up helping the Yankees to uh, win or to to go on to win their first six pennants in in the franchise history, and they went on to win their first three World Series titles, of course, as well in 1923, 27, and 28 as well with the Murderers Road teams. Of course, 27 and 28, the Yankees, they really didn't need a whole lot of strategy. And, you know, that's something that I'm going to do a little bit later. 
Um, so Miller Huggins won three World Series titles with the Yankees, and that was all in eight seasons with the Yankees as well, um, winning six pennants. But he actually managed uh, 12 seasons with the Yankees, of course. So, um, you know, the first, like I said, 1918 to 1919, uh, they really weren't at that great of a team. I think they finished in third, third and fourth place or third place um, both years. Um, so it took them a little bit of time. And even like 1924 and 25, um, they were um, they, they were getting a little bit older those years. But then in 1926, they get back to the World Series. 27, of course, they're right back on top in 28 as well. And one thing that uh, Miller Huggins used to say, I guess, was he actually used to say, great players make great managers, which is kind of an interesting quote that I just wanted to talk about a little bit. You never really think about great players being great managers. It's actually sometimes it can kind of be the opposite. But it's kind of an interesting uh, quote that he mentioned because, you know, you don't really, like, there are some managers who who were great players, but they don't really make great managers. I think sometimes it just depends on the player and how their leadership and communication is and all that stuff. Um, like I can think of a few managers that were um, pretty darn good players, like Don Mattingly, um, who's become a pretty good manager with the with the Marlins now. Obviously, the Marlins, you know, they're rebuilding, but he's done a good job with the Marlins. Did a good job last year with the Marlins, getting them to the playoffs, um, considering how young they are. And um, you know, like even with the Dodgers, he did have them competing. So it's just kind of interesting. It seems like catchers to me always make the better managers because they're always involved in the game, which is kind of what Miller Huggins was saying before about how you know he wanted his players always to be involved in the game, even if they weren't batting or, or they were just sitting in the dugout. He wanted them always thinking about the game. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting that he said that. But anyways, moving on. Um, Ed Barrow was the GM at the time, around 1920, I believe. 19, well, 1918, he was the, actually the manager of the Red Sox. And then he ended up moving over, I think it was 1919, to the Yankees as the general manager for Jacob Rupert. So one thing about Ed Barrow was uh, when Miller Huggins was hired, he said that you're the manager and you will not be second-guessed by me or the owner, um, which was Colonel Jacob Rupert, of course. Um, so, I mean, anytime a GM says that to a manager who was just hired, I mean, that goes a long way. Um, so, and of course, Ed Barrow was a great, uh, general manager. He's probably the first, I mean, he's the guy that really helped the Yankees build their original empire. The really, the, that, that's really where it all started, um, with Ed Barrow and of course, of course, the, uh, signing of Babe Ruth, um. But moving on, another player, former player for for the Yankees who played for Miller Huggins for a little while was Bill Dickey, who was a Hall of Famer catcher. Um, and he was a rookie, I believe it was around 1928 or 27 or so. I think it was 28. But anyways, when Bill Dickey was a rookie, he was trying to hit uh, too many home runs, I guess. So Huggins had said, stop unbuttoning your shirt on every pitch. We pay one player for hitting home runs, and that's... Babe Ruth. So took up the bat and drill the ball. Because, of course, like when a, when a rookie comes in, you know, they want to make an impression on the team and they want to uh, they, they want to show that they can play. But, you know, sometimes you need the managers and the coaches to step up and tell them not to, not, you know, not to uh, not to go above what they can do um, and not to try to be like Babe Ruth or like uh, Aaron Judge or or whoever it is, Mickey Mantle, who um, they, you just have to be yourself, um, because everyone on on a team is playing a a role on the team that's maybe one of the other like Babe Ruth can't do. Babe Ruth wasn't a catcher. Bill Dickey was a great catcher. He was probably one of the greatest catchers of all time, at least one of the greatest catchers defensively of all time. Um, and actually, he was a pretty darn good 
uh, offensive catcher as well, uh, but he was mostly a contact hitter, um, and um, I'm sure that went a long way to the success that Bill Dickey had in his career. Um, he was actually a career 313 hitter, to be exact, and actually Bill Dickey ended up playing 17 seasons. And another thing Miller Huggins said was about his second baseman, Tony Lazari. He said that he had not seen too many second basemans better than him, and he had great hands, a great throwing arm, and covers acres of grounds, which is um, the exact um, the exact quote that he said. And I I'm I mean that's quite a uh, compliment considering like especially Tony Lazari is some one of those guys you don't really hear of a lot in Yankee history. I mean when you hear about the Murderers Row Yankees in 1927-28 which was, he was a part of, you hear about Tony Lazari a lot, but when you hear about the greatest second baseman of all time, you don't really think of Tony Lazari. You think more about, you probably think more about Joe Gordon than you do about Lazari. Um, I mean, I guess it could go both ways, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, or like even Joe Morgan, if you want to go to other teams. Um, there, there's a lot of really great second basemen that you can think of other than Tony Lazari. But, of course, Tony Lazari also played a long time ago as well. And really, there's not many people who probably even saw him play that are still alive. Um, so, I mean, that just kind of shows you how good Tony Zuri was, um, considering that that was his former manager, saying that he covers acres of ground. Um, but anyways, of course, that's a, probably a little bit of an embellishment, but um, it's just quite a compliment. Um, it's just something that shows how good Tony Zuri was. And... You know, of course, what Miller Huggins thought of his second baseman. Um, also, Miller Huggins said something about um, his starter, starting pitcher, Herb Hennock, who was a left-handed starting pitcher. Um, he actually said that he was the greatest left-hander in the history of baseball. Um, so, I, obviously, that's one of the best compliments you can, you can get as a pitcher. Also, Miller Huggins said about Babe Ruth that they all flocked to Babe Ruth because the American fan likes the fellow who carries the wallop. So I just feel like that's kind of an interesting quote. Of course, you know, it's it's a very 1920-ish quote. Um, that, uh, you don't really hear, you don't really hear people talk like that and calling it, um, saying that, you know, the American fan likes the wallop. Um, but, I mean, it's very true, though, too, because uh, a lot of times, um, you know, most the casual fan, in a way, seems like, well, um, prefer the home run or even sometimes the the diehard fans sometimes would prefer the home run because it's more it's more of an exciting play in baseball i guess if you will um whereas um hit and run even though to me anyway as a diehard baseball fan and diehard yankees fan i i like to see the style of play like as far as the hit and run the bunting the strategy in the game not just the home runs i i like to see like the pitchers duels and that type of style in the game but there are people that prefer to see home runs and probably even probably even more people who prefer to see the home runs because I mean you have to you have to face it I mean the the home run is what really kind of draws people to the game um, because it's one of those things that it makes baseball so unique and especially Babe Ruth back in those days like there was nobody hitting the ball as high and as far as Babe Ruth was um, so I mean I just thought that was a pretty great quote from Miller Huggins. Um, now, some of the numbers that Bill Huggins had as a manager, obviously, you know, as a manager, you're not going to really have a lot of statistics, but this is just some um, team numbers that he helped his teams um, accomplish while he was with them. Um, I'll start with the the uh, I'll start with the St. Louis Cardinals when he was with the, them as their manager. Of course, uh, a few years he was there as a player manager. He was four 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 years he was a player manager. His fifth year as um, he was just a manager, and that was his last year with the Cardinals. 
Um, but he helped them to a 455 winning percentage, so they really weren't that great um, in five seasons. And uh, his highest, the highest place that they had achieved uh, under his um, leadership was third place. Um, so he really didn't do all that well with the Cardinals. But uh, anyways, then he ended up moving on, of course, to the Yankees. He had helped the Yankees in his career to 1,067 wins, which at the time was, of course, the most ever in Yankee history. Um, and they had 719 losses um, under him. He had a 597 winning percentage, six pennants. Um, he was ejected 14 times in his career with the Yankees um, on, on 12 seasons, and he was actually ejected 12 times um, with this time with the Cardinals in only five seasons, which is kind of interesting. But of course, like I said, he was he was nicknamed Mighty Mike for a reason, and he was just this small, short guy who just, I mean, I'm sure he was... He had to learn to be tough, and, and it, was, it was just a different time. So anyways, there was twice that the Yankees finished in second place as well um, in his tenure. I believe it was 1924 and uh, 1929 as well, but uh, 1929, of course, he had passed away, and he passed away right toward the end of the year. Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. Moving on, uh, some of his other numbers in the postseason, he helped the Yankees win 18 games. They were 18 and 15 under him uh, in the postseason with a 545 winning percentage um, uh, until 1922. And actually getting in a little deeper to some of the stuff that, um, some of the strategic uh, ways of Miller Huggins, until 1922, Miller Huggins sent runners to steal less each year. Um, cause his, his, if you look at the, on baseballreference.com, if you look at the rate, um, of how much he sent runners, they were, they were, I think they were like around 12% or so. And each year they went down on, until about 1922. Then 1923, which I kind of found interesting, the numbers started to increase a lot more. And of course that was the Yankees, the first year they won, um, the world series and, even if you look at a lot of the great players from back in the 1920s, like even Babe Ruth, um, he stole, he would at least attempt to steal a lot. I mean, because it was a different game back then. Managers, they, they like to kind of use the strategy of the game and, and move runners. Babe Ruth, he actually, if you look at his numbers, sometimes he, I think there was a few years where he had more than, more than 10 stolen bases each year. I believe. Um, of course, when Ruth was younger, um, he did ha have a little bit of speed. They were even uh, running him, like even when he was a little bit older, like in the later 1920s. Um, of course, when he got into the 30s, things were a little bit different. And um, in the 1930s too, um, there was another manager as well. Um, but uh, I just found that interesting. Um, also, from 1924 to 1929, sacrifice bunts, um, the, the rate at which Miller Huggins would call for a sacrifice bunt for his hitters went down um, from 5.6 percent um, in 1924, and uh, it was all the way down to 1.4 percent his final season with the Yankees in 1929. Um, the pitch hitters per game that he used um, performed slightly better than league average um, in his time with the New York Yankees uh, as manager. He had a 103. Uh, basically, for they calculate that, like, like I said about adjusted stats, there's always a league average, which is 100. His was 103 for pitch hitters per game um, adjusted, basically. And his was 103. So it was slightly above average, I guess. Um, but, of course, back in those days, they really, and especially with the team that Miller Huggins had, they probably weren't going to need to pitch it for, you know, Murderer's Row and, 
and um, you're not going to hit for for Babe Ruth or I mean of course they didn't have designated hitters so they did um, pitch it I'm sure quite a bit I mean I'm sure there were a lot of other teams that had to pitch it a lot more than the teams that Miller Huggins had at least in the 1920 late 1920s um, uh, when you have guys like Babe Ruth and uh, maybe not necessarily Lou Gehrig because Lou Gehrig actually could run for a for a big guy because he wasn't like he was just he he was probably one of the best athletes in the game um but i mean he, he probably he still wasn't one of the best runners or anything he didn't have a whole lot of speed however uh the pitch runners per game they performed even better than pitch hitters per game and the league average was 124 so that was quite a bit better than um than league average so i just found that kind of interesting and of course i'm sure some of that was probably because you know they whenever they put a pitch runner in they probably wanted them to steal and uh, back then they were a lot more aggressive on the base pass than the than they are now in the game in the game of baseball as far as pitchers per game i mean back then they didn't um they didn't bring in new pitchers a lot and if they did it was more of a, like kind of like if the game was out of hand and the starting pitcher just didn't have it and they would just bring in somebody uh somebody from the bullpen just to kind of get by um get by and until they can come back in the game of course the yankees in 1927-28 they a lot of times had to wait for the beginning and they would get a lot of big innings because you know they had such great offenses um you know of course with murderers row um so i mean their the league average for their pitchers per game um adjusted would uh was uh was worse than the league average um but of course like i said Back in those days, pitchers pitched complete games pretty much all the time. So it was, uh, like I said, much different um, back in that day. September 20th, 1929. That was the uh, the Yankees were sitting in second place that day. And that was the day that uh, Miller Huggins checked himself into the hospital himself. Because I guess he was bothered by a boil under his eye. At least what he thought to be what was a boil under his eye. But it actually was um, it was a form of blood poisoning. And uh, September 25th, 1929, five days later, he ends up passing away at the age of 51. And the Yankees ended up, uh, well, of course, the Yankees had to have a new manager. They had an interim manager, Bob Shockey, who was a pitcher. I think he was a coach at the time, but I'm not positive. I don't know if he became a player manager, then retired. Um, but he became the ne- next manager of the Yankees uh, to finish out the year. I think they ended up finishing in third place. Um, of course, I'm sure that must have been hard for them, to, the entire team, to finish out the year without their their current manager who had been there for years and helped them accomplish so much. So anyways, Bob Schalke ended up being their manager for the next couple of years until Joe McCarthy ends up taking over um, the next year in 1931. Um, uh, May 30th, 1932, Miller Huggins he ends up becoming the first Yankee ever with a monument in center field. And of course, he was joined by Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth as well because um, there was three monuments in, in center field for quite a few years until um, you know George Steinbrenner ends up uh, renovating it in 1974 I believe you know the left center field Death Valley became a lot shorter so they put the uh, monuments in back of the wall and you know of course the center fielder didn't have to run into the monuments or run around the monuments to get the ball anymore and also Miller Huggins plaque in Monument Park reads a splendid character who made priceless contributions to baseball and on field brought glory to the New York Club of the American League. Um, so, of course, like I said, this was back in 1932 that they wrote that. So then around February 15, 1931, uh, the Yankees ended up renaming their spring training site, which was in St. Petersburg, Florida at the time, 
and they renamed it to Miller Huggins Field. And a little after that, Miller Huggins ended up getting voted into the Hall of Fame in 1964 by the Veterans Committee. Um, so, I mean, that's basically it with uh, Miller Huggins. He was really the first great Yankee manager. Um, definitely still one of the greatest Yankee managers of all time. Um, if you want, you can go back and listen to my uh, episode on the top five Yankees managers of all time. Um, I believe I had picked uh, Joe, Joe McCarthy, Casey Stengel, and then I can't remember if it was, uh, I think, yeah, I think it was Miller Huggins and no, I think it was Joe Torrey and then Miller Huggins and then, uh, Joe Girardi, I believe. But anyways, that, that's just, that, that was, that's, I still kind of stick with that. I mean, cause I feel like Joe McCarthy probably was the greatest manager in Yankee history, even though he, um, I mean, he was fired toward the end of the, his, uh, tenure, but he was, it was also kind of a rocky, a rocky time there with some of the Yankee ownership, was a different ownership, and um, it, it was it was a uh, it wasn't a great way to end uh, McCarthy's tenure. Um, but um, anyways, that's just my opinion. Feel free to share your own opinions on the top five Yankees managers, since I mentioned it. I figured, but you can feel free to share your own opinions on the top five Yankee managers in Yankees history. Um, you can email me at uh, historicpinstripes at gmail dot com or. You can just feel free to comment on any of the social media pages that we have at Historic Pinstripes. So I just want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode, of, which was a tribute to Miller James Huggins. I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, Movie Theater Time Machine, um, Honest Fitness Talk with Your Trainer Nick, and a bunch of other podcasts, streamers, YouTubers. Feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information. Um, and again, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And also feel free to uh, check out any previous episodes if you would like. There will be a lot more episodes coming out. And again, thank you all for listening, everybody. And as always, go Yankees! <laughs>